Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. What's up, everybody? Appreciate you joining us here for an emergency edition. You know that when we do these unscheduled, ad hoc, random out of the blue gatherings of Cheryl McMillan, Sean Moran, and yours truly, that there's usually some news to break. Well, it just so happens that after uh, transferring from Marquette and flirting with the NBA, uh, forward slash center big man, regardless of how you classify him, Dawson Garcia uh, has committed to the Tar Heels. And this is a huge get for Hubert Davis and his staff. Cheryl, I'm going to go to you first. What happened? How did it happen? Uh, I'm a little surprised, to be honest, because uh, if you're listening to this probably on Wednesday, um, when it goes down, uh, we didn't think this was going to happen on Tuesday. Uh, the kind of the word we were getting uh, was that Illinois seemed to be in the driver's seat. Um, and maybe that was conjecture. Maybe that was someone offering their opinion and it turned into fact and then got recycled through the echo chamber. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it is a tremendous get for UNC. Obviously, he's someone they have recruited before. And I think, you know, you cannot discount Hubert Davis's uh, pre-existing relationship with the Garcia family. Uh, you know, in talking to his father, Dave, um, during the time that North Carolina was recruiting him originally, uh, he just had great things to say about Hubert Davis, about Roy Williams, about how much they loved them. And then I've never, uh, since I've been doing this, had a parent um, do what he did. After Walker Kessler committed uh, in late September of 2019, we all kind of knew that was the end of North Carolina pursuing Garcia. He sent a note to me and was basically like, I just want to let you know how amazing Hubert Davis is, how great uh, you know, Royal Williams is. We, have, we hold no ill will towards them. You know, it's a great school. They recruited Dawson the right way, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, you know, this can be linked to that because the way they recruited him the first time, they remember that. And, you know, he could have had uh, more opportunity, more playing time, more shots elsewhere. But I think that relationship they really felt comfortable with. And that's why he's headed to North Carolina. You know, it's funny that uh, relationships have been uh, the crux for the North Carolina program for a long time. We've already seen that jump from the past staff to this current staff. Uh, and everything you just said about talking with Dawson's father and, and the things that he said about relationships and what he learned the first time uh, that North Carolina recruited his son uh, speaks volumes. And again, that it's still carried over this quickly. Sean, I need you to break down for me as if watching it in February when he torched the Tar Heels for what I think was 24 points and some odd rebounds and just absolutely ran roughshod uh, in the Smith Center for Marquette. Uh, a Marquette team who was who was not looking at a, a very positive season at that point. Uh, talk to me about uh, about Dawson Garcia, you know, 6'11", 220, again, four or five, depending on whose system you're talking about uh, and where he slots now at North Carolina. Hit me up. 
Well, Marquette's season uh, it didn't get any better after that that uh, game in Chapel Hill as they they lost in the first round of the Big East tournament. But you know, here you had a freshman that averaged almost 13 points and and seven rebounds a game, um, and he was coming in. and And Marquette had a, you know, they didn't have Marcus Howard anymore, but they had, um, you know, they had a lot of lot of players as as Carolina saw. And here he was had a very efficient season. Um, I think his offensive rating was around 118. Uh, he shot the ball well from three. But what you're getting is a, a 6'11", as you mentioned, a four or five. I think he can he can play both. Um, last year he was playing next to. Theo John, who is definitely a five, and he he did just uh, you know test the waters with the NBA draft, and you know went pretty far in terms of uh, the G League invite and and workouts, etc. But once again, a six eleven guy that can really you know actually stretch the floor and shoot the ball well. Um, I think you know last year he made twenty six threes, but I think uh, you'll you'll see a guy that can that can potentially double that uh, next year. And in terms of his versatility. Uh, you know, he's, he's definitely not a, a freak athlete. Uh, I think that's why we're seeing him, him back in, in college, but he's a guy that can't operate in the pick and roll offensively, uh, but he can also guard uh, both positions and, and switch out at least for a little bit on the perimeter defensively. Um, he's not really a, a rim protector uh, or somebody that's going to, you know, block, block a handful of shots per game, but he is a guy that can score and he is a guy that can shoot. And that's what Herbert uh, Heber Davis has been been looking for. I think there was uh, six times, including the Carolina game, where he scored twenty plus points. Uh, he was he was Big East uh, Freshman of the Week three times, Big East on the Big East All Freshman team, and the guy can definitely definitely put up points. And at the same time, he uh, he's a, he's a very good rebounder as well. So I think that fits into kind of the Carolina mantra and what they've been looking for in terms of players over the last few months. You know, one of the knocks on him that I've read and I've heard people say, uh, it seems like he's a little light uh, in the lower body and he might struggle at times to guard in the open floor. Do you feel like that's going to be a problem at Carolina or do you think that's something that probably would be more of a, an NBA issue versus, you know, playing against players in the ACC? No, I mean, I think it's less of an issue in, in college. I think if you're putting him on, uh, you know, a, a athletic 6'6 wing, that's not something – you want to have, you know, not ideal for, for a few seconds. Um, but I think he's a little better than what we saw last year, where for the most part, it was true fives um, at Carolina playing both the five and the four position. Um, so when they were getting switched out, it was almost like they had no chance on the, on the perimeter. Um, so I, I do think, uh, you know, once again, he's not a guy that you want out there guarding the perimeter, but I think he can switch um, and at least, at least help and, and hedge when, when needed. But, you know, really that was most probably one of the main reasons why he is back in school. You look at the, the G league measurements and, you know, from a, a vertical and explosiveness, I think he was, uh, you know, I, I think Cam Dickinson was the only one below him in the max vert. Uh, and then when you look at some of the, you know, agility ones, he was in that lower, lower tier. But then when you go to the skill set, uh, he was, he was uh, giving some of the top guards uh, as much competition from a shooting perspective as there was. And here's a guy that's 6'10", 6'11". So, you know, from a skill standpoint, it's all there just from, you know, a, a freakish athletic ability. It's not, which is why he's back. But once again, uh, given the offensive efficiency, uh, the rebounding, the scoring, the shooting, um, you know, he could be in line for a, a very uh, big increase as a sophomore. You know, uh, I've never been a scout, 
Uh, this may come as a shock to you. I've never coached college basketball, but I've always heard that you don't turn down the opportunity to coach a McDonald's All-American. Sherelle, how does Dawson Garcia fit in with the current roster that UNC has? Uh, I think, you know, I'll answer it this way. If you look at the issues that North Carolina had last year, um, I think top of the top of the scouting report probably is turnovers by the guards and then poor shooting from the entire team outside of Kerwin Walden. Um, and then I would say uh, defending, you know, those kind of athletic fours um, <clears throat> who really torched UNC. And that's something Hubert Davis has talked about, that that is the position that they really gave them trouble, through, you know, throughout the years. And I would say they've addressed pretty much all those things. I mean, it would be – I don't even know how to state how – shocking it would be if they shot as terrible as they did <laughs> uh, the last two years the two worst shooting you're playing with fire here brother <laughs> yeah of all time i mean but they've added you know brady manick is a marksman justin mccoy even though he only took nine or ten shots you know the early word is that he can shoot uh you know dawson garcia would have the second highest three-point percentage uh or will have the second highest three-point percentage on the team outside of Corbin walton you have to expect uh, R.J. Davis to shoot better. You have to expect Caleb Love to shoot better. Um, you're going to get some contributions from Puff Johnson probably. So, you know, they've taken a weakness last year, probably the weakness, and arguably turned it into a strength. So I think that's first and foremost how I see him fitting in. Uh, and then from there, uh, you know, just more talent. And Hebert Davis has said over and over that he wants more talent on his roster and, and Garcia, you know, provides that additionally, if there's foul trouble with, with Manic or with Baycott, you know, Garcia can play the five and he can play the four as well. Not as Sean said, kind of a true, two true fives playing five and four, an actual five playing five and an actual four playing four or four or five, everybody downshifting, that kind of thing. Um, so I, I think he provides what we've talked about. I, I hate to keep repeating it, but the, the facing, the spacing and the posting and the versatility and then the shooting. I mean, he gives everything that Hubert Davis has um, kind of telegraphed that he wants in big men, Dawson Garcia gives them. And that four-man rotation with Garcia, McCoy, Manic, and Baycott, I think is pretty strong. So your great job. You've learned me. You've figured me out. This is exactly what I was going to lead to Sean with. Sean, how – Sherelle touched on a little bit, but how much of a 180 has this staff done now being able to hide their weaknesses, both on offense and on defense? Because as we've seen the last few years, shooting has been a big deficiency. Guarding perimeter shots has been a big deficiency. Now, all of a sudden, it seems as with these three additions, plus the incoming freshman the UNC has, am I making too big of a jump here to say that they may have actually fixed their biggest warts? Uh, I mean, I think fix might might be a, a jump, just given that a lot will depend on on Caleb Love and, and his ability to significantly uh, improve. But when you look at where they were in the spring um, and where they're at right now, yeah, I would say they've made a huge jump, um, you know, especially – once you get Brady Manick, who is, as Shrill said, is a, is a sharpshooter. And now that you're adding Dawson Garcia, um, I mean, you have two of the top uh, big men shooters in the college game um, right, right next to each other. And then you add in Armando Bacot, who uh, could be ACC player of the year. Uh, and once again, is another efficient, efficient big. So from a, from a big perspective, you, you kind of switched out um, you know, guys that operated better uh, around the basket. And now you have true shooters and true scorers. Um, so I think from a front court perspective, 
what they were able to do was was extremely impressive. And now it's going to be up to the individual improvement on some of the other players as well as lineups um, to kind of make that full full jump to a good, a strong shooting team. All right. Last question for Sherelle, and then we'll let everybody get out of here. Okay, Sherelle, uh, if we jump back 90 some odd days and we're trying to forecast the first quarter of a year of the Hubert Davis administration around the North Carolina basketball program, can you imagine a realistic scenario in which things would have developed any better than they have? I think if they would have kept Walker Kessler, it would have been a little bit better than what they have. Um, maybe not from an X's and O's basketball standpoint, um, but but for Hubert Davis to come in and win a recruitment of a player they've already whose recruitment they've already won, mm-hmm. uh, I think would have sent a, a pretty loud message. As is, you know, I think you have to give him an A. Honestly, uh, if he's you know, I, I would give him an A uh, between Garcia, Manic, and McCoy, uh, Caleb Love coming back, and and then all the rest of the team coming back. Um, I, I think it's pretty impressive. Uh, the the Kessler thing is the only thing I would say um, that didn't quite quite go right. It's so you don't feel like it's it's you don't feel like it's a tougher win to bring in somebody new versus bringing back somebody that had already that you'd already won over one time. In this particular situation, I think okay. Kessler was the hardest recruit he probably could have gotten back. Honestly, okay. um, there was an advantage there, uh, you know, definitely. Um, but just that, that situation, winning that recruitment to, to me would have spoke louder than um, winning this one. Not to say that the winning this one wasn't hard, but uh, to me, that one would have been something. All right. All right, guys, parting shots. Uh, I, I feel like we've put a nice bow on this. You know, I, I, I like to try to be efficient for Sean because he's such, a, such an analyst mind. I want to <laughs> make sure I'm using the best, uh, the, making the best use of his time. Sean, any parting shots? No, I mean, I'm, I'm still still surprised. I thought, uh, mentioned this on the coast, our last Coast to Coast pod, but I thought playing time would, would win out for Dawson in terms of some of the other schools that had, you know, open starting spots and easy 30 minutes per game. Uh, but once again, it'll be up to Hubert and the coaching staff to, to figure out the playing time. But now you have uh, three extremely strong and, and, you know, versatile from a scoring perspective, big men. So, um, you know, very surprised, but but happy to uh, to see how the pieces fit next season. Sherelle, any parting shots? No, just a, a huge win uh, for Hubert Davis. I mean, I think that's the only thing you can take away from it. If he had announced he was entering the transfer portal on April 1st, this is, a, you know, a number one, number two, number three type mm-hmm. guy in the transfer portal. So um, because he's doing a little late, it doesn't seem quite as significant, maybe nationally, uh, but this is a pretty huge deal for Hubert Davis and his staff. You are one magnanimous dude because if I were you, I would have absolutely taken a victory lap and dunked on all the people that were mad that UNC <laughs> didn't immediately sign or didn't immediately bring in somebody for this class to back up Armando Bicot. But you're a greater man than I, Charlie Brown. Uh, but, hey, look, I appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, thank you to Johnny T-Shirt for sponsoring us. Didn't give uh, them a shout-out beginning just because this was such a big deal. But Johnny T-Shirt, you're home for all the UNC gear you could ever possibly want. JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Hit them up. I mistakenly said West Franklin Street in Chapel Hill uh, a few podcasts ago. That's totally wrong. They're East Franklin Street, East Side till they die. Uh, Johnny T-Shirt, owned and operated by UNC alums and fans. Hit them up, johnnytshirt.com. Inside Carolina premium subscribers, get your extra dime off the top. We appreciate Johnny T-Shirt sponsoring. Thanks to John Siegley for producing. Thanks to Sherelle McMillan and Sean Moran for bringing the the analysis, easy for me to say, and the insight as always. Boys, thank you much. We'll talk at you next time. 
Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.